look at me. I'm grumpy bear. I'm complaining all the time and I never want to have fun. Ooh. You know what, Funshine Bear? You know what? Fuck you, Funshine Bear. What? What? You know what? You're a real meanie bobini, Funshine Bear, and I'm sick of it. Come on, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just busting your chops. I'm just playing around. I'm just No. No, what you're doing is you're trying to bully me into conformity like a dick. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Ruben here, and today is a very special episode. So let me set the stage for you. Um, it's it's a Saturday. It's a wait. Was it Friday or Saturday? I don't remember. It's a weekend. It's a weekend night, and I'm going to see Shazam: Theory of the Gods. So of course I uh, decide to make it more of a uh, more of a cosmic journey, as I tend to do for superhero movies. But uh, the movie ended, and I came home and found myself wondering what to do with myself. So I booted up the HBO Max and I found, and on there was a little cartoon. I love cartoons, even when they're for kids. And that cartoon was Care Bears Unlock the Magic. And there was a part of me with morbid curiosity that was like, we should watch that. And so I turned on Care Bears Unlock the Magic. And in so doing so, unlocked some revelations about my childhood and potentially early development. <clears throat> now, for those not familiar with Care Bears, with Care Bears, I don't know why I want to say Care of Bears. It's, I don't know, maybe it's a mandala effect. I don't know. But Care Bears makes more sense. Um, I'm going to need, so once upon a time in the 80s, a greeting card company came up with an idea for Care Bear, for the Care Bears. And then that got turned into stuffed animals. And then it got a series, a number of TV miniseries based on it. And that eventually it eventually led to a to a movie that uh, was the at the time was the highest, was referred to as the highest grossing animated feature outside the Disney market, which shows you how much of a which shows you how much of a monopoly Disney even had on animation at the time that someone would refer to an animated film as being outside the Disney market. But they went on numerous adventures where they would help children with their problems through the power of caring. Now, all the, uh, all the Care Bears, of course, have individual unique powers related to their symbol on their tummy, which we'll get into more in a minute. Now, in the original, now to be clear, my parents only let me watch PBS as a kid, so I hadn't actually seen much of the Care Bears TV shows. Most of my understanding of Care Bears came from Care Bears the movie, which there was a library near my that my parents would take me to. That I would get that from quite frequently. It had all the adventure tropes that I was looking for: a journey, a, a creepy villain, someone who needed to be saved. It was good stuff as a kid. It was also my Number one, 
was the main thing that informed my understanding of the Care Bears. Like I said, I never watched the TV show. And I distinctly remember having a number of Care Bear toys as well. Care Bears is fascinating because it came out in the 80s. And it was almost like counter-programming to what was cool at the time. A show about caring in, it, in the incredibly nihilistic 80s where everything was about consumption. Well, I mean, technically the Care Bears were also about consumption. It was about selling you stuffed teddy bears with unique logos on their tummies. Also, I'm saying this and I'm realizing that the Care Bears also sound a lot like My Little Ponies in a number of ways. I wonder which one came first. But anyways, now I need to also tell you the, uh, the setup for Care Bears Unlock the Magic uh, because it's wild. Like the basic premise is wild. Um, and in fact, even though the cartoon is from 2009, the new, this cartoon is from 2019, originally made for the Boomerang channel, you know, the uh, Cartoon Network's premium channel where they send all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons after they stop airing them on, you know, Cartoon Network. And Unlock the Magic proceeds as... How should I put this? All right, so the basic setup is that Funshine Bear gets sucked into a place called the Silver Lining, which possibly has some type of metaphysical effect on, on, on the Earth. Uh, but, but of course, the Care Bears are quick to go and rescue Funshine because they've honestly been looking for a way into the Silver Lining for a long time. And so, they proceed to go to the silver lining using Grumpy Bear's car. Grumpy Bear is the de facto leader of this team because he, uh, he owns the car, which, you know, I guess makes sense, even though Grumpy Bear doesn't seem like he wants to lead anything. But they go there and discover their powers aren't working right because there's something wrong in the silver lining. And it turns out what's going on is that the Care Bears' ancient enemies, the Blusters from Blusterland, who are, who are devious rapscallions powered by ego and selfishness, are setting out to make all the inhabitants of the Silver Lining miserable and thereby the Earth. We never actually go to Earth, or at least I haven't seen them go to Earth in this series. Most of it takes place in the Silver Line. But let me finish. So basically, the Care Bears discover this and immediately are like, well, I guess we're having a Cold War now, where the, where the Care Bears set up a station, military station with, based in their van to uh, essentially undo anything that the Blusters might do in the Silver Lining because the Blusters are violating the treaty. And... Uh, Honestly, it's straight up Cold War stuff. Like, there's literally an episode where the Care Bears are trying to solve a dispute between two groups uh, of, of inhabitants of the Silver Lining, one of whom are these flower people. And essentially, the, essentially what they discover is that essentially the Blusters have installed puppet flowers to give negative... Uh, essentially to spread negativity to the flower people about the other group. 
I, I can't remember right now. They're like mushrooms, maybe, or maybe they're the dibbles. Uh, there's, never mind. I'll, I'll get to that. But so essentially, like literal Cold War shit is going on in this show, which is wild to me because it, it feels so appropriate for the '80s, and yet it's not from the '80s. This is the, the 2019. The, the 80s versions, they fought some guy called Coldheart, who is some type of ice-based wizard guy. Like I said, never actually watched the show, but I did Wikipedia the shit out of this after I started watching this show. So why is this important? Why do I care about this? Well, as I was watching the show, I was suddenly struck with revelation. And that revelation is that I am Grumpy Bear. I have never, I, I'm not sure I've ever related to a cartoon character as heavily as I ins instinctively, almost instantly related to Grumpy Bear. And I think it's actually the source of some of my problems and the sign that I have repressed sides of my personality to better fit into society. Because I am like Grumpy Bear. What do I mean by that? Well, what is, what is Grumpy Bear's deal? Well, Grumpy Bear, of course, spends most of the time being grumpy and complaining, which um, until later in my life was the norm for me. That was me uh, up until close to my 30s, uh, late 20s, mid to late 20s. But uh, so Grumpy Bear, whose uh, insignia is a storm cloud and he can summon storm clouds to do things. They're, they're kind of like, honestly, they're a little bit like Green Lanterns, all the Care Bears, but I digress. The important things to note about Grumpy Bear that I immediately, immediately responded to is that Grumpy Bear feels like complaints all the time, even though he is a softie inside. That's me. I always see the good in people, but it's never stopped me from complaining. Complaining is part of how I process the world. I guess you could say sometimes complaining makes me happy. And I don't know what that's about. It feels unhealthy. But is it as unhealthy as repressing that? I don't know. But the more important thing is how Grumpy Bear relates to the rest of the group, who uh, there are three other bears in his main group, Cheer Bear, Funshine Bear, and Lucky Bear, who has a uh, shamrock on his tummy. Now, frankly, I'm just gonna, say, I'm just gonna throw out of here, fuck Sunshine, Funshine Bear. I hate him, he's a douche, and Grumpy Bear would hate him too if Grumpy Bear were capable of feeling hate. Uh, so I hate Funshine Bear for Grumpy Bear. Funshine Bear is a douche, I do not like him. Lucky Bear doesn't really do a lot in the show. It's, it's mostly Grubby Bear and Cheer Bear who are the main focus of the show, to be completely honest, uh, mainly because they are the van pilots, and uh, so they get to do almost all the cool stuff. And uh, Lucky Bear is just sort of there, and Funshine Bear, well, you know, he's a douche. He is literally a douche. But the point is, is that I like Grumpy Bear, am very happy doing nothing. 
I need, I need people literally in my life, like Grumpy Bear does, to force him to have adventures. I don't want to have adventures. I don't see the point. But at the same time, it's good for me to have adventures. However, if there are no people in my life saying, Ruben, we got to have fucking adventures. And Ruben does not have adventures. Because Ruben can have all the adventures he wants up in his head by himself. But this makes Ruben lonely. And it means that Ruben doesn't do a lot. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that literally my love language is to have people drag me to things to have fun, allowing me to complain about being dragged to things, understanding that there is a 90% chance that I will have fun. Now, to be fair, sometimes the problem is I misplace my sense of fun, okay? So like, here's an example. In college, I had a friend, in college, uh, my friend Angie, uh, talked me into auditioning for a uh, Renaissance fair group. And I did it. And you know, it was, it was an all right gig. It was fun, barely paid, barely made any money. Very painful that. Uh, but you know, it was a fun, fun gig, hanging out with Ren Fair people in the woods. <sighs> that being said, I was also typically miserable about half the time I was doing it. Half the time I was having fun, and half the time I was miserable. And I didn't realize why that was until just recently. And the reason was, is that I didn't actually, I wasn't really into Ren Fair that much. I mean, like, Ren Fairs are fun, don't get me wrong. But when you have to be there, like, every weekend, doing the same shit, trying to be entertaining, it's, it's pretty draining. And the other thing is that Ren Fairs are a community, and I am bad bad at becoming parts of community because literally if communities don't immediately grab me and pull me into them then i don't know how to interact with them i don't know i don't know how to become part of a community i i just i literally don't uh it either happens for me or it doesn't and 90 percent of the time it does not happen which isn't to say i didn't make any friends at ren fair i just i never got to that point that other people clearly were at where they felt like this was their familia, okay? I just didn't hit that. I never, I never hit it. There were some, there were certain individuals that I felt really close to, but by and large, I didn't feel like I was part of the bigger whole. And I realize now that part of that was because I didn't really, I didn't really love doing Ren Fair. I loved doing things with Angie because Angie would ask me to do things. And uh, honestly, if I had realized this sooner, I might've been able to better equip myself for the experience, but it didn't really make sense to me until I was way older and thinking back on it. Part of the reason I struggle to make friendships and connections, I now realize is because my love language is people caring enough to force themselves into my life that is my love language. Now, to be fair, I, like Grumpy Bear, also have boundaries. That you can't just force Grumpy Bear to do anything. Grumpy Bear, if Grumpy Bear is working on a project, you're not allowed to see it until he's done. His artistic integrity and sense of self-consciousness will not allow it. I'm not saying this is specifically my, my boundary. I'm just 
citing this to point out that in the show, Grumpy Bear can establish boundaries. Now, in this specific episode, though, an interesting thing happens. So in this specific episode, a few things are going on. Uh, and, and, and since so in the episode, uh, oh, I need to mention this. So when they move, when they go to the silver lining, uh, Grumpy Bear essentially gets a uh, interspecies uh, life partner called Dibble, which it took a few episodes before I found out that Dibble was a girl, um, who is just a, a, a little adorable creature from that area, uh, from the silver lining, and who basically becomes instant besties with Grumpy Bear uh, because it, it can't detect how grumpy Grumpy Bear is, so it just loves him unconditionally. So in the episode, Grumpy Bear is working on a project. He doesn't want anyone to see it until he's done with it, but he's having a hard time getting it done. Now, in this episode also, another thing's going on, which is where Funshine Bear, like, keeps criticizing Grumpy Bear and, and telling him he needs to work on his, uh, what is it, his... I forget what it is, like being fun, essentially. Which, you know, Funshine Bear's a douche. So, you know, of course, he's, he's, got, he's got shit to say to Grumpy Bear like that. And also Grumpy Bear and also Funshine at various points in this episode and other episodes likes to poke and make fun of Grumpy Bear because in his mind, bullying Grumpy Bear is helping Grumpy Bear to be happier. Uh, you know, like all douchebags think. Because, you know, I'm just, you know what? Funshine Bear, you're awful and I hate you. Fucking extroverts. But anyways, in the episode, uh, he gets, Grumpy Bear gets so grumpy that he loses control of the storm cloud and his tummy. And the storm cloud comes out and essentially creates like a flooding issue. Like it, it wrecks some shit and Dibble gets mad at him. And, it, 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 and, and, and Grumpy Bear feels terrible about it just awful uh because i and i get this because i like grumpy bear have at times through my grumpiness hurt people i didn't want to hurt feelings and whatnot uh so grumpy bear decides that the solution is, is that he will no longer be grumpy bear he will be mr happy smiley face or is it just happy smile i can't remember Mr. Happy Face or something like that. So he's going around and he's being all chipper and helpful and he's making people cupcakes and stuff. And he's weirding everybody out because they don't know, because he's so different and they don't know what's going on with him. I mean, they, they kind of have an idea. They, they witnessed the flooding incident and whatnot. But even Funshine Bear is suddenly like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with him. It's weird. Well, what's wrong with him, Funshine Bear, is you shouldn't have bullied him, you jackass. But of course, at a certain point, they discover an area in the silver lining that it, there's a drought going on and they need rain. So Grumpy Bear tries to summon his, his storm cloud, but because he's been repressing his grumpiness, it no longer works. He's lost his powers. So of course, the episode goes on that the bears have to remind Grumpy Bear how to be grumpy. And uh, so of course, he eventually remembers how to be grumpy and uses powers and he and he creates rain to fix the to fix the drought issue and then he unveils his project that he's finally finished and it's an adorable little house for dibble but the point is 
I think I'm Grumpy Bear because I relate to him too much. Now, I don't frankly know if I just naturally align with Grumpy Bear or if Grumpy Bear had some type of influence in my early childhood development from watching that movie. I honestly don't know. But what I do know is that uh, if you're someone who wants to be in my life and care about me, um, the best thing for you to understand is that I am Grumpy Bear. Uh, and that will help you understand me a lot more. Uh, now, to be fair, as I've grown older, I've become a more positive person, mainly because people don't like to be around people who complain all the time. And I'm not saying I want to go back to being a complainer. But I do think that anyone who, uh, who cares about me or wants to care about me uh, would benefit greatly from just this simple understanding. Deep down inside, I am a possibly depressed, very cranky blue teddy bear with a storm cloud on his tummy. I am Grumpy Bear. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe and share and comment and all that happy jazz. You can support me by, like I said, subscribing on Spotify or following on Spotify, whatever they call it on Spotify. I don't know. Or you can check out my new YouTube channel. Now I have, I'm still in the process of uploading stuff to it. I got a lot of content to upload and a lot of my content doesn't have pictures, which means I've got to create some type of image or, some, or background to go with those ones that are all in the audio. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful whatever it is, wherever you are. Man, Lucky Bear, I don't know what, I don't know what Grumpy Bear's problem is. Always complaining. Getting... Yelling at me, using the swear words. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. Well, Funshine Bear, sometimes I use my tummy powers to cheat out the lottery. Wait, what?